Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Yeah, I think retool is is, is a good way to, to um, um, you know, phrase it. And I, and I say that because we do have talent on this roster. Uh, obviously, you know, it hasn't worked. And so you've got to be creative and, and, and find ways to, to improve it, whether that be, you know, we talk about the, the, the makeup and the chemistry of the team um, or certainly add depth or acquire players that are just flat out better. Um, so, um, yeah, we're on a pursuit to improve this team and there's different ways to go about it. That was Chris Getz talking right there. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 to score. Sox, who are the Sox going to be next year? Like, who are they going to be? If you listen to Pedro Gafo, they're going to be playing differently. They're going to be managed differently. They're going to bring in different players because, according to Chris Getz, we didn't, he didn't like the team they had. I mean, it's just like, who are they going to be? And that's something I struggle with. And Like, I have no idea what to expect next year. With good reason. You know, the, the expectations we had going into last season with the talent that was there, still fairly young talent. It felt like that could be a season with all the importance of so many of us on the outside we're putting into the expectations for last year. It felt like how can the guys internally not feel that and not be enhanced by it and recognize the opportunity that was there. And presumably they recognized it and still didn't perform well. And we're still at the bottom of everything the entire year. It was one of the bigger thuds that we've seen in recent Chicago sports memory. Yeah. And uh, we get to talk to our next guest about the future of the White Sox, the short term future of the White Sox. What will it look like or what direction are they even headed in? Got the fifth pick in Major League Baseball draft. Can't pick in the top ten for reasons we can explain at another time. It's just wonky. Uh, but let's chat with him. Uh, joining us right now on the guest hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. Uh, of course, he is a good friend of this station. You can hear him during the season with uh, Bernstein and Holmes. And you get to hear him right now with us right here on 670 The Score, host of the uh, Sox Machine podcast. Of course, it's Josh Nelson. Josh Good to talk to you, man. How you doing? How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, Gabe and Anthony. Hello from Nashville. Hey, at least the White Sox made some news today. That's uh, that's big because it's been kind of a, a boring couple of days here at the winter meetings. Yeah, is he is he supposed to be? I mean, I know you know he pitched last year across the pond, the other side though, and then, then he had himself a pretty decent season. Was were there a lot of teams vying for his services? So what we heard. Late last night, around 11 o'clock, when Mark Feinside of MLB.com reported that it was between the White Sox and Mets for Eric Fetty, that that kind of surprised even me because he really wasn't on the radar 
at least for my perspective, on who the White Sox could possibly go after to force starting pitching help. And then doing some research today, getting prepared just in case, as you guys know, if news does break and the White Sox do win the bid, find out that he's a Scott Boris client. It's like, ah, aha, okay. Boris would want that out there to maybe entice the Mets to raise as far as the price. And late last night, it was two years, $10 million, and it ends up being two years, $15 million for Eric Fetty. And what we have learned today is that Brian Bannister, the new director of pitching for the Chicago White Sox, is an active member on Twitter because he responded on why the White Sox targeted Fetty, and he trained with Logan Webb this past offseason, and he developed a sweeper, which we know is one of the trendy pitches in Major League Baseball today. It's a slider with more horizontal break. This is a pitch he did not have with the Washington Nationals, and he struggled with the Nationals in 2021 and 2022. He takes this new pitch that he learned with Logan Webb, which is the same pitching lab that Brian Bannister and Ethan Katz, the White Sox pitching coach, worked with Logan Webb when they were working with the San Francisco Giants together. So maybe this should have been a target if I knew. And I feel dumb because I would have looked really (laughs) smart if I did all this in-depth analysis on Eric Fetty. But this is the type of signing now maybe we will expect moving forward in the short term, at least on the pitching front. Who are guys that Brian Bannister maybe has worked with? maybe guys that he finds interesting, maybe guys that he can work with their pitch design. And two years, $15 million for a starting pitcher is really cheap. It is a bit risky because the quality of hitting in the KBO, obviously nowhere near in the major leagues. But he threw harder, he and Fetty, he threw harder in the KBO than he did in the majors. And if this sweeper works for him in the majors, this could be a sneaky signing by the White Sox to help bolster they're starting rotation. How should we view the term retooling? You know, no one loves to say rebuild anyway, but is there is there anything to be taken from the idea that they're, they're not planning on just completely tearing this down to the studs? We just witnessed that a few years ago. So what type of roster should we anticipate they're going to actually try to put together here? Yeah, that's a great question, Anthony. Uh, I don't buy the retooling phrase and with the rebuilding, rebuilding has like a long-term strategy. So I guess Chris Getz is right. It's not rebuilding because not only am I a bit confused on what the White Sox are trying to do short-term, I don't even know what they want to do long-term. Uh, so, yeah, you can't call it a rebuild because a rebuild would have a long-term plan and what you want to accomplish. I don't think we will get any clarity until the Dylan C situation is resolved. And after the Eric Fetty signing, speaking to others here at the winter meetings, everything is held up by Shohei Otani and Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Now, Yamamoto, because of logistics and getting from Korea, uh, I'm sorry, from Japan over to the United States, he's going to be visiting teams next week. So his market is going to really push ahead next week, and we'll get more information. Once he signs, that's supposed to set the market for Blake Snow. Once Blake Snell signs, all right, you have ran out, as far as the other teams in Major League Baseball, top-tier starting pitchers in free agency. This is where the attention gets drawn on to Tyler Glasnow and Dylan Cease. So as soon as the White Sox figure out what they're going to do for Cease and what they could possibly get back from Dylan Cease, then maybe we get a better idea of what their roster is going to be short-term, long-term, based on that return from Dylan Cease. But 
I can't provide a certain answer to your question, Anthony. Like, I'm with you guys as well, and we cover this team every single day. It's really tough to figure out on what the White Sox want to be in 2024 until they decide if they trade Dylan Cease. And if they do trade Dylan Cease, to whom and who do they get back? Then maybe we'll have more clear answers. But right now, we just don't have it. And that's the interesting thing, Josh. Is uh, you know we were asking the question before you came on, like who are the White Sox going to be next year? And you're right, it is, it is, I mean, dependent on on what happens with with Dylan Cease and such. But even I wonder what the front office is thinking, right? Like I know Chris Getz wants himself a different team, but is it is it hey I am adding pieces to put me in the right direction, or is he naively thinking like if I just make a couple of tweaks, I could be in the playoffs? I don't know. Well, maybe on that last part, because hmm. look around the American League Central. Who's trying? Yeah. Like the Kansas City Royals, the Kansas City Royals say that they're going to add $30 million in payroll. I'll believe it when I see it. But $30 million doesn't take you a long way. The Tigers right now have the biggest signing in Kenta Maeda for two years, $25 million. The Cleveland Guardians just got the number one pick, and everybody here in Nashville is convinced that they're going to be trading Shane Bieber. So Glasnow, Cease, and Bieber are almost certainties that they're going to be traded this offseason. So who's going to lead that rotation for the Guardians? And the Minnesota Twins, after winning the division and finally winning the playoff series and having record attendance, decide we're going to cut payroll, and you just lost Sonny Gray and Kenta Maeda. I don't even know how they're going to replace those two guys in their starting rotation. So if Chris Getz tells the media, I think we got a shot, man, it seems foolish. But again, just look around the American League Central. Nobody's trying like a 79 and 83 record could win the American League Central in 2024. <laughs> you're right. It's like, you're right. It's, it's like, it's like the NFC South, right? Gabe and Anthony, like who wants to win this division and go get their butt kicked by the Cowboys or Eagles in the divisional round or the wild card round? Like, it, so he's kind of right there. But as far as the short term, I think the White Sox want to completely change the way they play defense and how they do play the game of baseball. They want to be more fundamentally sound. And if they think they can play better defense, like league average defense, and they work with the pitchers that they have on hand, and they do have some interesting arms, they want to better their run prevention. So they go from allowing 5.1, 5.2 runs per game, and they can get that cut down to like 4.4, 4.5. That could add some more wins their total from last year, where they go from a 61-win team to a low 70-win team. And if Luis Robert continues to hit, and if somebody in this lineup other than Robert can help out, well, then maybe that's how you get to 79 wins and you give yourself a shot to win the American League Central. So I understand the path that they're going down, but it doesn't give one a lot of optimism that, oh, this is a championship contender. No, they need everyone else in the division to stub their toe and tumble like the White Sox have. (laughs) And in all honesty, it, it is a realistic possibility. So they've still got so many guys who there have been hopes invested in, if not legitimate financial, you know, sort of windfall by by a normal person's perspective, you know, on the bargain basement by White Sox perspective. But there's a lot of guys who there have been high hopes invested in, if nothing else. And they're still not on the wrong side at 30 yet. So it feels like there's assets that the Sox can unload and try to build up this minor league system. But who out of the crew do you think is untouchable? 
It's Luis Robert at this moment. If you cannot build a good team to give yourself at least one more shot of the postseason in the next four years with Luis Robert under contract, then you might as well find a new front office again. Like four years in baseball is a long time. So I think Luis Robert at this moment is untouchable. Some White Sox fans would argue and say, no, nobody is untouchable. But nobody at this moment in Major League Baseball is going to come anywhere close in offering the players to acquire Luis Robert in trade. Nobody's touching Yohan Mikata and his contract. The White Sox are stuck there for $24 million. And hopefully Mikata can play more than 140 games and with Eloy Jimenez, he could be a possibility, Anthony, to to trade. But nobody nobody can figure out here in Nashville what his market is because every team has an Eloy Jimenez, somebody that hey, he could be a great home run hitter, but he can't stay healthy. Every team can say, well, you know what? I got three of those guys, so I'm not going to give you anything for Eloy Jimenez. So, I mean, what? Eloy, you know, a poor guy, it was his birthday recently. What does that speak to you? Like, if you hear that in the offseason, then nobody wants you and nobody's going to be willing to trade for you because nobody has confidence that you can play more than 100 games in a season. Does that light a fire under your butt in your offseason preparation? Does that change your focus and how you train and how you prepare for the upcoming season? We'll see. But other than Dylan Cease right now, guys, the White Sox don't have many players to trade away that other teams want and it's unfortunate too josh because when you're looking at a guy like Eloy jimenez that has been like the underlying narrative for him for these couple of years where it's like hey man there's a lot of guys that out there that can you know hit the ball well play mediocre offense or excuse me defense and you know but but they're not holding on to them with such regard like this guy is going to be the next you know big bopper that's going to, you know, blow everybody away because everybody has him. Look at Jorge Soler. Look at, you yeah. know, um, you look at Kyle Schwarber. You know, guys that are big hitters, but they just they, they bounce around because people can use a bat occasionally, but they just can't do it consistently enough. And that's that's what's unfortunate for guys like Eloy Jimenez. What do you think about the about the, about the the rotation, though, of the, of the Sox staff? I mean, I know we talked about Dylan Cease, and they're going to move on from him, and it just got – uh, you know, the pitcher, two years, $15 million deal. But it, it's going to be some bad pitching for the Chicago White Sox in this upcoming season. It could be. And this is where, let's see what Brian Bannister and Ethan Katz do working together, if they could produce some magic. Because Mike Soroka has proven before his Achilles injury that he injured twice, that he can be a very good starter in the major leagues. And Jared Schuster, who they also acquired from Atlanta, is still a young pitcher. What adjustments can they make with those two? I think Tuki Tucson is going to be part early of the starting rotation, but Nick Mastrini was impressing in AAA. They also acquired Jake Eater, which there are scouts here in Nashville that still believe in Jake Eater, and they thought that he was one of the best pitchers they saw in the minor leagues before the White Sox acquired him in that Jake Berger trade. So there's some interesting guys. That's how I describe it, guys. It's interesting. Interesting could be good. Interesting could be bad, but it's not boring. It's not boring. You can, you, you can squint and see some upside. It's very high risk, but there is a 10% chance that it could click and you could have a surprisingly strong rotation with or without Dylan Cease. It just really depends on the players themselves, 
how they work with Brian Bannister and Ethan Katz and how they prepare for this upcoming season. And of course, the biggest caveat at all, can they stay healthy? That's a big <laughs> if with some of these guys. And Gabe knows I'm, I'm big about development. And if Brian Bannister can make a big difference along those lines with the, the pitching infrastructure, I think that's great. Are there things sort of organizationally beyond just adding Bannister that we might be able to point to as we look at the White Sox's modernizing things and really enhancing their infrastructure as we look at whether or not they can kind of turn some young talent, whether it's some of the current crop or what they acquire after unloading Mm -hmm. them, how they can make young talent into high-level major league play. Right, and that's a great point, especially in the position player side. And I've been asking people what they have thought here in Nashville about the White Sox new front office because it's weird. There's no Rick Hahn. There's no Kenny Williams. This is the first time in 20 years that these guys are not hovering around the winter meetings for the Chicago White Sox. Everyone raves about Chris Getz. They think that he's a really sharp guy, and they believe that he can really help the White Sox as far as focus and go in different directions and how they develop players. And everybody really likes Josh Barfield as well, especially what he did in Arizona. And we all saw, you know, the fruits of that labor with the Diamondbacks winning the National League pennant this year, in large thanks to their young players. It's just a matter of getting those young players they can develop. I I just don't know, Anthony, if you can, quote-unquote, save what the White Sox have already on hand. And that's why with this draft ladder today, it was kind of important for the White Sox to either pick in the top three or, as you guys alluded to as well, with the goofiness of the lottery, uh, maybe be outside the top ten so you have a chance to be taken number one overall. But everybody keeps saying that's you want to have a better draft pick in 2025 because of Ethan Holiday, the younger brother of number one prospect Jackson Holiday, and of course the son of former major leaguer Matt Holiday. However, a rumor that I am hearing it is whispers around Nashville. Uh-oh. Ethan Holiday could reclassify for this draft. There is that window of opportunity still. So for all the White Sox fans are like, oh, man, we should have had a top 10 or dropped out of the top 10. So we have the number one pick to take Ethan Holiday next year. He still might be available in this draft. So we'll have to see. That will be to Cleveland's benefit. But, yeah, it's it's kind of a, a short. There's a short road. How do you guys make yourself interesting in 2024? But there's also the longer road, to your point, Anthony. How are you guys going to develop position players better? So you never have this mess that was the 2023 season again. Josh, great stuff as always. Make sure you guys follow him because you know he's out there in Nashville giving you the latest of the latest. And I know when things break, you'll be the first one to jump on over here at 670 The Score. Great stuff as always. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Gabe. Thanks, Anthony. Of course. Josh Josh Nelson, host of Sox Machine Podcast. Uh, Also, you can hear him on Bernsey and Holmes. You already know. You know what it is. Hear him all the time. It's a great guy. Got great stuff. Uh, at SoxMachine underscore Josh on Twitter. All right, uh, coming up on the other side, uh, and we haven't talked Bulls yet. Right. I want to do a little bit of that on the other side. Uh, I know I, that was funny because um, right when you got off the air, I know you didn't get a chance to hear it, but right when you got off the air yesterday with Speaks, I, I came on, did my little trifecta before the game, and mm-hmm. I was mentioning how like I was totally on your side with the Zach Levine slash DeMar DeRozan <laughs> debate. And I was like, bro, this does not sound right. And you were, I love the, I love, that's why I love Ant. Because here's the thing with Ant, guys. 
lot of people listen to Anthony on a lot of different. You gotta, you gotta listen to what you gotta listen between what he's saying. He's telling you something, and he's saying it nicely. But you gotta read between and know what Ann Heron is saying. And I heard it, and I, so we'll get into that conversation a little bit more about Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, and these Chicago Bulls after this. It's Gabriel Ramirez and Anthony Heron. Chicago Sports Radio 670s. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Chicago baseball fans, the hot stove is heating up and so are the trade rumors. Will the Cubs strike a deal to strengthen the rotation? The score's Bruce Levine is live in Nashville for the winter meetings to cover it all for the score and the marquee sports network on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. This segment is brought to you by Leader Auto Group, Leader Automotive Group, from sleek sedans to rugged SUVs. They've got the perfect ride to elevate your journey. Visit LeaderAuto.com. It's LeaderAuto.com, driving excellence and leading the way. Leader Auto. Find more reasons to celebrate when you shop with Family Dollar, helping you save on everything holiday this season. Deliver more wows with a whole new theme when you shop our wide selection of holiday decor and trees. Or stock up on wrapping supplies, such as paper, bows, and bags. Stuff their stockings with more cheer this year with great gifts for every age. Check out our holiday toy guide for a huge selection of brand name toys. Only at Family Dollar, helping you do more. Hey, it's Danny Parkins here. If you're in the market for windows, then you need to call Russ Armstrong, the owner of Chicago Window Guys. They make and install all their own custom products. I just had my windows done, and they are fantastic. Check out his reviews at chicagowindowguys.com. The highest quality custom windows and doors, lifetime warranty on parts and labor, the best prices, fast service. Call the Chicago Window Guys today at 847-881-3060 and get a free quote direct from the owner. chicagowindowguys.com now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how to give a gift to yourself. And the holidays are also a great time to do that. You can go easier on yourself during tough moments. You can treat yourself to a day of rest, give yourself some love. Another thing you can do is start therapy. 
And if you've been thinking of starting therapy, BetterHelp is a great way to do it because it's entirely online. That makes it convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. I've gotten a lot out of my regular online therapy, and this is a great way for you to have the same experience. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch any time for no additional charge because that match is really important. And then in the season of giving, you can give yourself what you need with better help. I've gotten a lot out of my regular online therapy and this is a great way for you to have the same experience. Visit betterhelp.com slash Dan B today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Dan B. Cards for kids, donate your car today. 1877 Cars for Kids, K-A-R-S Cars for Kids. 1877 Cars for Kids, donate your car today. Donate your car today at org. Your car, running or not, can be picked up as soon as the next day. No title, no problem. Call 877-CARS-FOR-KIDS or go online at carsforkids.org to donate today. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS K-A-R-S, CARS for Kids 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS Donate your car today. Hurry, it's your last chance to donate for 2023. The holiday season is the time for giving, sharing, and caring. And while you make your list, think twice before you give the gift of a scratch-off. If you or someone you know struggles with gambling issues, help is available. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit areyoureallywinning.com. It's football season, and the NFL is in full effect on the free Odyssey app. We're heading into the final stretch of the regular season, and the playoff picture is starting to come into focus. Whatever team you're rooting for, the free Odyssey app has you covered with the local talk and your team's podcasts. Plus, listen to play-by-play of every Sunday night, Monday night, and Thursday night game from Westwood One. If you're looking for the NFL, it's all on the free Odyssey app. Download it today and search for your favorite team. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Hey, did you know the Statue of Liberty is the largest holiday gift ever given? That's a big deal, just like those at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Hey, did you know when the year ends, so do the deals? It's your journey. Own every mile at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Get 0% EPR for 60 months, plus zero payments for 90 days, or 2500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offer ends January 2nd. Call 562-314-4603 for details. On game day, there's nothing like tailgating, touchdowns, and Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Twisted Tea goes down smooth and tastes like real iced tea because it's made with real brewed tea. Cool, refreshing, and a 5% kick of alcohol. Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Look for the bright yellow cans wherever you buy beer. Keep it twisted. Twisted Tea Brewing Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Please drink responsibly. Stop stressing about how you can afford everything on your holiday list. With a savings and installment loan from GoCredit.me, you get the money you need now and you build savings. Get a loan up to $4,000. Apply online today at GoCredit.me and make the holidays merrier. That's GoCredit.me. Restrictions may apply. When cash is a necessity, GoCredit.me. Kobe will dribble it out as he advances the 4-4. Ball game over. Bulls win. Bulls win. 
Bulls win 124-118. Let's dance tonight, Chicago. You deserve it. And I want to go dance with Kobe White. Bulls are the hottest team in Chicago sports. They actually put two wins together, and <laughs> I'm just hoping at some point you'll get a, you know, Chuck post his his dance videos after every Bulls win on his social media. Yeah. If you can get him like a little bachata or, or something okay. like that going, you know, okay. hit him up with a, a few little suggestions. Maybe you post a video with Chuck for, you know, some of your moves. Yeah. I know you got him. Yeah. Maybe you can get out there and start stepping with him. Flip stance. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, we can each have a ticket turn. Showing uh, them different dances. All right. All right. We'll make that happen. Uh, hey, listen, I, I, uh, I sent the message to, to Mitch, and I was like, look, bro, if, if Chuck's ever sick, holla at your boy. You know? okay. So maybe if, I, if that yeah. ever happens one day ever, uh-huh. I'll start dancing. You know what I mean? I'll, maybe I'll go. do some bachata out there. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> it's Anthony Heron. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's 670 to score. And the Bulls, first of all, the in-season tournament, I'm loving it. Like, I, and I've been in since the beginning, and I know okay. a lot of people were out on it. And I'm like, I'm, and, had, and for me, I was in even before the money thing. Right, where I, where I was just more in, like, yeah, you know, I know people like to compete. Like, for example, uh-huh. Ant, I had Cookie Day at my house on Saturday, right? Okay. My family, my wife's family, everybody shows up, and it was our first time doing it, like a joint family, kind of a, a you dig or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so we had these gingerbread houses. And every family was supposed to have a gingerbread house, but we had, you know, some extra people there. So my wife and I, we just let our daughters, you know, have the gingerbread houses. We let everybody have their own gingerbread houses. So we were kind of mm-hmm. chilling, eating our food and everything. Again, never never have done this before. Okay. And then all of a sudden, we start messing around. And we're like, minus two points, you didn't share the frosting with somebody. Like, we were joking uh, around. Okay. Though. Yeah, right. And everybody's like, wait, 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 wait. Everyone, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. This is a competition. So I start buying into it. I, I, it was a real-time competition where I was like, uh-huh. yes, it is, and someone's going to win. <laughs> And then every and all of a sudden, like the tension got higher in the room. Yeah. You know, nobody wanted to share as much, and it was getting <laughs> it was getting intense. People were complaining about stuff, yeah. and that's how I felt about the in season tournament. Why I knew you cannot take grown men who 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 have been competing their entire life and say that this is a competition, mm-hmm. and then I'll think that they're going to be like, yeah, we don't really care about this game. Yeah, put no something way. else on the line. Give them a little something unique, something different. Right. But but you know, and when it first when they first started terming it as mid season, then I'm thinking, oh, all right, so it's going to be like right around the All Star break when you know maybe guys are are kind of their their right. mental clock or their body clock is like, all right, this is when I'm going to get a few days off anyway. We get the full week around the All Star break. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is going to be a mistake because guys aren't really going to be into it if it truly does happen around midseason when they're maybe just looking for, you know, a little bit of time away or at least some exhibition some exhibition kind of time. So I like that it's actually worked into the calendar, kind of the fabric of the season early in the year here just to give somebody, give everybody something a little bit else. And I know the courts are loud and exotic. I know you've been out there checking it out at the UC when they've had the uh, – the tournament court going, but I, I think that's cool too. And part of it is probably my college football, college sports sensibilities of just unique uniforms, unique courts. You're seeing that more and more in the college space anyway. So the NBA is just kind of capitalizing on a little bit of that. And it gives the players something that's different than what they're accustomed to just in dealing with the schedule every single season and just kind of waiting for this marker in the calendar, that marker in the calendar. So I, I, I dig it too. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, not only that, I think, like imagine what next year's 
in-season tournament is going to be like, right, where people actually understand it. And, you know, they they, they, they understand the implications of what it could mean. Because more so than anything else, what I've noticed Ant, is, you know, teams like the Pacers, teams like the Sacramento Kings, these are teams that don't go deep in the playoffs, right? Because when mm-hmm. you have to play a seven-game series, you know, the grown men, the real grown men start to turn it on a little bit, right? <laughs> you know, you lose a game, you're like, whatever, boy, I wait, wait till I get back out there. Right. And, but with, with a one-game in-season tournament, or one-game elimination in-season tournament, it's like these guys understand, like, this is one game. We can win this one game, and we can go deep into this thing. And if they can put money in people's pockets, like <laughs> I said, I think it's going to be something where, where teams that are on the cusp use it as a, a launching pad to success or like a, uh, a measuring stick of success for themselves, and that allows them to get in. Now, the Bulls, far away from that. And uh-huh. Far, far. It doesn't matter if DeMar's gone, if Zach's gone, far away from that. But it was funny to hear you talk with Spiegel uh, yesterday about it because I just couldn't believe that 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 there was no no crap for DeMar. And I'm, uh-huh. I was like, I was yeah. like, I was like, oh, yeah, Zach, 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 Zach. <laughs> and I was like, wait, are we not watching the same Bulls and like right. seeing the issue here? And I love that you pointed out that, you know, he's he's also a ball stopper, mm-hmm. that you would argue that the, the pace of play is much faster with Zach Levine. But somehow, some way, the argument was being made about something else. And that's my thing. Just like we were talking about with uh, with Florida State and Alabama earlier, we were talking about the college football playoff. My point isn't necessarily even a pro-Zach Levine point, but if we're shading Zach Levine and the case you're making against Zach Levine is that he's a ball stopper, he doesn't, he doesn't share it well, and he's trying to get traded – I mean, we could say the exact same things about Debo. Now, right. you know, DeMar DeRozan isn't the guy with the max contract. He's not the guy who's still supposed to be in the prime of his career. He's not the guy the franchise has tried to hand things over with. So, you know, I understand in perception why, where Zach Levine is at in the Bulls conversation and what, what fans have been hopeful, what many of us have been hopeful Zach Levine could mean to this current iteration of the Bulls is so unrealized. And frankly, DeMar DeRozan has overperformed the very meager expectations that a lot of folks had when he joined up with the Bulls a few seasons ago. A lot of folks thought that DeMar DeRozan was already over the hill. He was already, you know, his best days were behind him. Then he came out the first half of that first season, really first three quarters to some extent of that first season he was here, looking like a guy who could maybe win MVP that season. And then every step of the way, like, all right, you know, his game is imperfect, but we can get behind this. And then you hear all the stories about him hanging out with the younger guys on the team and helping them around and all that stuff. So that it, I understand why people perceive the two differently, but in actuality, from a basketball perspective, when we're looking at the way the Bulls have played the last two games with the 32 assists per game, the movement, the flow, the first one of those was without both Zach and DeMar. So credit to Debo. He got back into the lineup against New Orleans. And he was a part of sharing the basketball, and he had 10 assists in that game. I don't expect him to average 10 assists a game because he's never been near that range in his career. But, yes, he, he's had a stretch where he had, he had a, a season of over seven assists. So he's capable of it, and he certainly got a higher basketball IQ and more refined basketball sensibilities than Zach Levine. But specifically just to the point of stopping the ball and wanting to be traded – Zach ain't the only one on the Bulls who that's a problem Mm-mm. for. So, you know, I I just I don't think we should eliminate that from the conversation. I just think that because of what Zach has symbolized 
in, in sort of Bull's disappointment because the expectations for, for what his athletic ability and what his overall skill could have potentially ascended towards, and then he got the max contract. I just think the, the scrutiny on Zach Levine and the conversation about Zach Levine just has a, a far more kind of visceral and negative slant to it than when we talk about DeMar because the expectations of the two have just been drastically different since they've been here in town. Yeah, and I think I'm just I'm over it. I mean, I'm over it, right? Like, the last two games, like whether it was without DeMar and Zach or without mm-hmm. Zach, it's like, it's like, hey, it's just a different brand of basketball. Yeah. Right, and I think what we what we what we learned last two games have been fun to watch, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, with flow and with movement, with pace, like that's cool. If they can keep that going, whether it's with Zach and Demar or without Zach and Demar or with Zach without with without one of them, without both of them, whatever that is, it's at least a more fun brand right. to watch. Now, if you don't have the two of those guys around, how much can that continue to lead to success? Like, you know, Kobe White is a lead guard for the Bulls and being kind of the main one, like the main engine of the offense. Great opportunity for him. I'd, I'd be surprised if he averages 31 points a game right. and doing it. But, hey, I mean, the floor will be his. The ball will be his if you know, at whatever point they move on from Zach and DeMar. But, you know, my hopes wouldn't necessarily be, be that high for my, my expectations, my assumptions about what Kobe White is capable of night in and night out. I'm not going to expect him to be that guy who's an engine of an offense that can average 120 points a game. But you know the opportunity would be there once they unload those guys. Yeah, and I think it's also an opportunity for everyone else to just be reminded that they're talented, right? Like you're in the right. NBA. We know you can shoot with nobody on you. We know you can smack down eight out of ten threes if nobody's there because it's the NBA. Like if you're at that level, that's how good you are. Mm. But a lot of times when you don't get those opportunities and you're trying to find your role, right, you, you kind of succumb to that role and you – you you forget like oh damn hold up I can't put up a three and smack it yeah. Kobe White right like a, like right. a Vooch you can operate the offense and perform well around the, around the rim and if a three pointer presents itself you can take it without worrying about what the others on the team are going to think and I think that's what's what's happened in these last couple of games and that's what I'll be interested to see and, and especially with some new life I think people initially when they get to Chicago whether it's via free agency or a trade I think initially they're they're super excited because it's still a storied franchise again. Any organization in Chicago, right? Like whether it's the mm. Bears, the Bulls, the Cubs. Like you come to Chicago as a, as a trade piece or a free agent, you're like, damn, that's what's up. I, I'm glad to be here. Right. So I think there's like an ability to, to rejuvenate a team when you come in with new energy. You're like, look, I'm not, I'm not from that losing that you guys were doing. I'm trying to win <laughs> and I'm trying to play hard. Like a Tory Craig, you see it. Like a uh-huh. Javon Carter, right? These are guys that are contributing to a winning type of attitude. And, and even Alex Caruso, for that matter. And the Bulls will be able to get back after it, but I think we're all ready to move on, and and I, I just I can't can't wait to see. We that. can't sugarcoat this at, at all, all. at all, Chuck. <laughs> we need you to dance a little bit more. Uh, um, salsa. I, I, oh, okay, Chuck. I know Chuck was down with the salsa. <laughs> I, I do. At whatever point there, whether it's one of them's gone or both of them's gone, my hope it, before that happens is that at whatever point we get back to where both Zach and Demar are on the court with. Kobe White and with Patrick Williams and with some of the new cats that have joined the roster as well, that the same level of aggression, the same level of pace and tempo, that it, that they're at least attempting that and the same willingness to say, you know what, Kobe White, even though you're on the same court with Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, but if you're feeling it and you want a heat check three on the break, 
then mm-hmm. you know what? Take your heat check three on the break because you, you have earned that at this point in your career. There's nothing within the, the realm of what this team is trying to accomplish or how the team has looked with either of them doing the ball stopping thing. There's no reason for Kobe White to not still feel the agency for him to do his thing. And for so like many of us have been talking about for years with Patrick Williams, for him not to feel the agency to hunt for his shot to try to cross guys over and get to the cup and not sort of wait on his turn or wait for when they're not on the court with him. The type of pace and aggression that we see with them not on the court and that was able to continue with DeRozan back out there, when Zach is a part of this thing too, man, they don't have to defer to him in the same way. With pace and with tempo and with shots going up, everybody can get theirs. That's what the best teams in this business, the best offenses in the NBA, that's what they're doing night in and night out. Do you, do you think the, the Warriors, and of course, the skill of the Bulls right now does not rival the Golden State Warriors, but what you know you're going to get night in and night out from, from Golden State or from Utah or from Denver, you are going to get movement of the basketball. You are going to get a, a trip up and down the court where you don't know who is going to be the focal point of that offensive attack. That's just what the best in the business are doing, man, and why they can't see that and try to emulate it on a more regular basis, I don't understand. And that, that's what bothers me about where Billy Donovan kind of fits into this whole conversation. But in the end, whatever we're putting on the players in that regard, they need to realize that and take that agency to be willing to do it. And hopefully they will tomorrow. Bulls taking on the Charlotte Hornets, 7 p.m. You can hear that right here on 670. The score pregame begins at 645. I will be leading you into the game at 6 o'clock, so it'll be a good one there. All right, uh, our last break of the day, Ant, I want to talk about a an offensive coordinator mm-hmm. who is apparently on the radar of, for, of the Chicago Bears. Uh, uh, we'll talk about yes. him after this, it's Gabe Ramirez and Anthony Heron hanging out with you on a Wednesday evening, Tuesday evening, excuse me, damn, <laughs> right here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back live with more of Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. The guy who's rumored to, uh, I don't know, the Bears are looking at, most certainly will be considered to be jumping around if uh, it actually happens because he was on a different team last year. He's coaching for a different team this year, and and now he might be coaching for a different team next year, Anthony Heron. I'm talking about Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders, who, to be very, very fair, I mean, Sam Howell has had a, a bunch of 300-yard games. Um but what what did you, what did you what do you think about that? So Sam Howell, as a, a young quarterback, he's he's looked fairly comfortable, and he's certainly put up big yardage numbers. The main thing, the probably the biggest issue I have with the way that we've seen the Commanders' offense operate this season is that man, do they throw the ball a lot? And I'm just such a big proponent for the the impact that a, a quality run game, a consistent run game can have on the opponent and I would imagine 
that for the way the Bears are structured right now, now, you know, not that they got some stud at running back that you just got to hand on the rock over and over again, but I do think that, you know, for, for where this offense is, where this team is at, and certainly if, if it's Justin Fields who returns a quarterback next season or if there's some rookie in their quarterback next season, I think having a sustainable run game will make a bunch of sense, and especially here in Chicago, man. Like, we're into the part of the calendar now in the month of December and in January. It's hard to throw the football with volume in the way that some other NFL teams do unless you really have a special quarterback. So Eric Bieniemy, I love the the fact that his name is being bandied about, and I think that his resume has certainly indicated he should be getting those types of conversations. But part of the interview for me, if I'm Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, whomever else, or whatever the head coach is who would be making that decision next year, is are you going to be willing to or show us somewhere on your resume where you've been a part of the offense and you know his resume basically consists of Kansas City and Washington, and Washington is this first time, this first season, that he's been the actual true full-time play caller. I'd love to see him run the football more. And with a young quarterback like Sam Howe, if you haven't been willing to run the football more often with him this season in some of the tight games they've played in, then I wouldn't necessarily be confident he'll come here to Chicago and keep the volume of run game that I would like to see that I think really suits what this division is about. Yeah, you got to have a, a gritty run game. I mean, obviously in, in uh, Kansas City, he was like, hey, we don't necessarily need that. We got, yeah, I mean, you know, got, got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> not as big a deal. not as <laughs> you know, necessary. Not as big. But and in, Andy Reid has always been a volume pass guy, too. True. So this is really our first look. With Eric Bieniemy truly calling the offense for the commanders, this is our first real look at how he feels like, what, what he thinks successful NFL offense looks like and how he likes to call the game. And, yes, they've trailed in some games, so that skews the passing numbers a bit. But there's one thing I, I do really respect about Luke Getze. He never gets too far away from the run game. It's something Matt Nagy was guilty of far too often when he was calling the Bears' offensive plays. So I do like that Getze tries to stick with some run-pass balance. Eric Bieniemy, not so much. Yeah, I mean, but it, it'll be interesting, man, because, you know, you, you talk about, you know, coaches that players say they want to run through a wall for. Right. I, I haven't heard anyone say, I mean, I, he could be, right? But I haven't heard anyone say, like, oh, my Eric Bieniemy, I love, I just, I like, love him so much. Mm-hmm. But do you think he can be one of those guys? Or do you think, better question, better question. Do you think let's I think hit- he's polarizing amongst players because he is a he's a coach with a hard edge to him. He played the game at a high level. He coaches the game with intensity. And I think that, you know, there are some guys who just swear by him who who would, you know, run through the proverbial wall for him. And there's some other guys who've been, you know, who just have been put off by his style of coaching and with how intense he is and how demanding he can be as a coach. But there, so there, there's kind of, you know, at least guys I've interacted with about Eric Bieniemy. there's kind of both ends of that discussion for how, how players interpret his style. His style is not necessarily for everyone, whether it was as a running back coach, as an offensive coordinator. He is demanding. He is very forceful. He is very intense. But he's been successful every, everywhere he's been. He's been a part of winning organizations. He's been well-received and well-thought of in his role as a position coach and as a coordinator. So he, he tends to get results. And even right now in Washington, even though they're not winning games, his offense, specifically his passing attack, has been pretty well regarded with what they have to work with right now. You know, Sam Howell has looked more than competent for a young quarterback in the NFL with Eric Bieniemy being his offensive play caller. Yeah, and the, from the text line, somebody just wrote in and says, hey, if they're looking at Bieniemy, wouldn't it be for a head coach? Yes. It's exactly, exactly what we're talking about. Um, uh, but, I, I, again, I just I, – 
Well, I think the, the report from Josina Anderson earlier was was more specific to like if Eberflus came back, and and Luke Getzey wasn't the offensive coordinator, then that could be a possibility. Or if Eberflus is gone, then maybe be enemy as either coordinator or head coach. So I I think it's either or both because Eric Bieniemy, assuming Ron Rivera and his staff, which Eric Bieniemy is on in Washington, if they get fired, Eric Bieniemy is going to be looking for a job. Period. So that, that's part of the assumption within that is that if the commander staff is all let go because they've already let go of Jack Dorio as the defensive coordinator, so if Ron Rivera and the rest of the staff gets fired, you know, Eric Bieniemy because of his resume, should he be in consideration for some head coaching jobs? Sure. But, you know, he'll be looking for a job either way, whether it's as a head coach or as a coordinator. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see because uh, I can certainly uh, envision him being a head coach in the NFL, especially with the amount of vacancies that – some of the experts are saying they're going to be out there upwards of 10. So that'll be interesting to see. And it'll be, it'll be fun to watch whether or not the enemy is going to be a coach that, you know, people are going to get behind despite the style that uh, will be interesting. All right. I want to thank our guests for today. Of course, uh, Bruce Levine talking to us out in Nashville uh, at the winter meetings, giving us all the updates there. Uh, we had a chance to talk to, all-pro 10-year NFL vet for the Detroit Lions, Glover Quinn, shining some light on the Bears-Lions game this weekend. And then Josh Nelson jumped on the show to talk to us about the Chicago White Sox and what they're up to this year or next. I want to thank our producer tonight, Tyler Buterball. Tyler Buterball. Buterball is all one name. Hey, dude. Regardless of how many syllables he wants to put in it, that's a cut right there. That's, oh, a, yeah. that's a cut. If we got, if you, you, got it, Pat. you got Pat saying anything uh, about you, you better cut that up and use yeah. it as often as possible. All right, and a pleasure as always. You already know. See you Friday. No doubt, man. I'll check you out on Friday. Go ahead and uh, film Bears on the Least. That's where you can catch Anthony and I, uh, as well as Cassie Carlson, Fridays and Saturdays. At 10 p.m. on Fox 32. Make sure you guys are listening to that. Shout out to the caller, Don, by the way, apparently an avid viewer of Bears Unleashed and all our Fox 32 programming. He is uh, the number one DVR person (laughs) outside of my mom. It's it's, it's Don from Chicago. Shout out to Don. All right, mi gente, that means my people. Hasta la próxima. That means until next time, which will be tomorrow, 6 p.m., leading you into Bulls basketball. I am Gabe Ramirez. He is Anthony Heron, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Time to go home! T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. For 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.